Hi everyone, I'm Carla. And I'm Ima. And you're listening to Screensaver, a podcast about all things pop culture, including TV, movies, books, and sports. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the latest movie in the Marvel franchise, Ant-Man, starring Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas. Here's a short clip. Imagine a soldier the size of an insect. The ultimate secret weapon. If you give godlike powers to everyone, it's going to be chaos. So how do we stop him? By knowing I. Scott, I've been watching you for a while. You're different. And I believe everyone deserves a shot at redemption. Do you? Absolutely. My days of breaking into places and stealing stuff are over. What do you want me to do? I want you to break into a place and steal some stuff. Makes sense. All right, so a few days ago we got to see Ant-Man, and I think we both enjoyed it, but for those of you who haven't seen it yet, Iman, why don't you set us up with a little bit of plot talk? I don't want to give away too much, but the basic premise of the movie is that Paul Rudd, plays Scott Lang, is a professional thief in San Francisco who winds up helping Michael Douglas's character, Hank Pym, prevent an evil dude, Darren Cross, from doing terrible things with a suit that allows the person wearing it to shrink down to a bug-sized super soldier. Pym has a suit of his own, which he gives to Lang, and with the help of Pym's daughter, Hope, who's played by Evangeline Lilly, uh, Pym trains Lang, Paul Rudd, to break into his old lab that is now controlled by bad guys and dismantle the new suit, save the world, yada yada. That's that. It's, It's basically a heist movie. That is the most succinct way to put it. All of the Marvel fittings that are imposed on this movie... Or the Marvel branding is all kind of secondary to the fact that this was just a really fun National Treasure-esque remake or heist movie. Yeah, I felt the same way. My first impressions were just that it was really fun to watch. And I think what I appreciated the most about it was that it was a movie that didn't take itself too seriously. And I know a lot of Marvel movies are like this, but this one in particular just seemed to have a lot of fun with it and didn't get too caught up with the whole comic book universe aspect of it. And it made it really easy to digest and fun to watch as a viewer. Yeah, I would agree. Although I think that something that we should acknowledge is the reception this movie has gotten. I mean, it came out a couple weeks ago. I'm sure that most people that have seen it, or that have heard of it at least and haven't seen it, have probably heard people talking about it. And I think that this simple plot that we were kind of describing that doesn't have all the frills of even other Marvel movies that are kind of winking and nodding at themselves, like Guardians of the Galaxy, Mm -hmm. um, this movie is not very complex plot-wise. And a lot of people found that really boring. Yeah, it got very mixed reviews, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, for me personally, I liked the fact that it was really simple, and it felt like it was geared toward kids, which I didn't mind, and if I went in with that mindset, I, I thought it was great. Last week, we talked about 
all the movies that we saw trailers for at Comic-Con. A lot of them were DC comic-based movies, and one thing that Iman and I noted was how dark and almost borderline depressing so many of those movies seemed. They really revel in their own grit. Like, they love how gritty they are. So we're talking about Batman versus Superman. We're talking about Suicide Squad. Yeah. Even the titles themselves seem really sad and depressing almost. But Ant-Man is not that movie. I definitely agree. I think that Ant-Man, just as a premise, it's a dude that wears a suit that shrinks him down to itty-bitty ant size. Mm -hmm. Sounds pretty ridiculous. And I think that that's one of the biggest hurdles that a lot of people face going into this movie. Uh, Wesley Morris in his Grantland review described that he went in expecting to hate it, and he was pleasantly surprised, as were we. But I think that people that are going into this movie expecting it to be an addition to this like cinematic Marvel universe or something that's going to be more like an Avengers, per se, are going to be disappointed. If you're going in for just a fun movie, I think you're going to really, really like it. I, and I think another one of the drawbacks was... Last year, when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, we were kind of in a similar situation where we heard that the movie was coming out, and our first initial thought was, why? Why are they making this movie? It sounds so stupid or so weird. I thought the exact same thing with Ant-Man, but I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy had so much success in its it was a huge surprise yeah it Um, did incredibly well and by comparison ant-man has had a pretty underwhelming reception and i think i mean it'd be difficult for ant-man to replicate that but i don't think they were trying to do that either no i don't i think i'd like to rewind for a little bit and just kind of talk about the history for a second First off, I know a lot of people that have been having difficulty with the Ant-Man premise. Something that I found really interesting when I was kind of researching was that Ant-Man, the superhero, the original comic, came out the same year as Spider-Man. Interesting. Came out before Spider-Man. When you think about it, these two bug-based characters are both (laughs) kind of quirky and strange anyway. I I know a lot of people that were wondering if like Ant-Man was something that they just came out with. Yeah. That they just invented some quirky thing. But no, it's definitely from... It's taken from the archives. And apparently Ant-Man was actually one of the original Avengers. Interesting. Yeah. So that's... The credibility is there. Definitely. I think that something that has also kind of sullied it, I mean, still rewinding, giving a little history of this, is that this movie was one that had a kind of difficult production. I'm not one to really pay attention to that sort of thing, but I do know that Edgar Wright, who did Scott Pilgrim, he's done Hot Fuzz, he's a British director, he was originally slated to direct this movie. And I think that when you think of those sensibilities for movies like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, that sort of humor mm-hmm. isn't exactly where this movie went. I mean, he... So who, who ended up directing it? It was actually... Peyton Reed, who, I mean, he's directed Bring It On, and I mean, we haven't seen those movies, but he has also directed several episodes of New Girl. Interesting. Which I thought was really interesting just because the sensibility or the humor of this movie was very lighthearted and kind of passing. Like, you can just, you just sit there and you enjoy it. It doesn't feel particularly body or anything. But I I do think the, the fact that 
Edgar Wright had originally conceived of the whole heist movie plot and all that. Having it been shifted to another director, I know that that was something that a lot of people kind of sullied their experience. So the odds kept stacking up against it. Right. It's a strange premise for a superhero. It has a weird production history. All of that was, yeah, stacked against it. But I mean, at the end of the day, I thought it was just a really fun movie. And you could tell that everyone in it was having such a good time. Paul Rudd seemed like he was having the time of his life. Michael Benya did a fantastic job. Right. So let's get into some of the actors in this movie. Mm -hmm. So starting off with Paul Rudd. What were your thoughts on his depiction or his portrayal of Ant-Man? I loved it. I thought he was having, well, I mean, I just said it. I thought he was having a really great time. But I think an interesting question is that, I mean, comparing this to something like we've talked about Jurassic World, where Chris Pratt kind of felt like just a, a filler for any Harrison Ford type character, this one felt very custom fit. To um, to Paul Rudd. I know that when Edgar Wright left, Paul Rudd actually helped write some of the screenplay. So maybe that was even more tailored to his humor. His humor, but I I really liked it. Uh, there are some dramatic points in this movie that his force as a comedic actor. I know some people take have taken issue with the fact that there's almost too much comic relief. But when you take, as we said into consideration that this is a kid's movie. I thought he was perfect. His energy was great. What did you think? I agree. And I think what's also interesting about his character is he's a little bit older compared to the other superheroes that have recently come out. He plays a dad, which was very interesting to me because, of course, the movie starts out with him coming out of jail, but at the same time, he he seems to be a really good and dedicated father. Right. I'm not even entirely sure if he's that much older than most of the characters that we've seen. It's just that this movie, in comparison to any of the other Marvel movies that we've seen, feels the most grounded in reality, which is uh, people get older, they get married, they have kids reality, which doesn't seem to be something that exists for a Star-Lord or a Captain America. Yeah. We mentioned it has very typical Paul Rudd type humor in it but I felt like it was funny and he was funny without being stupid which I really appreciated also. He was never the butt of the jokes. Uh, I think that that is actually speaking of the comedic force of this movie I think a lot of it came from the supporting cast actually which uh, this being a heist movie came from Paul Rudd's characters his fellow his yeah his crew his fellow ex-cons. Two of them were played by T.I. and Michael Pena. So I think that from from afar, if somebody had come up to me and told me, oh yeah, this is a movie with a white guy and the minority characters are playing his ex-con buddies, mm-hmm. I think I would have been a little frustrated or I would have been very suspicious of it. But Michael Pena and even T.I., they did such a good job in most of the humor. They Again, they never felt like they were the butt of the jokes. Thank you for the coffee, ma'am. It's not too often that you rob a place and they get welcome back. Because I mean, we just robbed you. You know that he was arrested for stealing a smoothie machine, right? Two smoothie machines. Are you sure they can handle this? Oh, we can handle it. We're professionals. 
You'll forgive us if uh, we're not instilled with confidence. Well, hey, everybody, just kick back and relax a little bit, man. We know our business. We broke into this spooky-ass house, didn't we? I let you. Well, one could say that I let you let me. Look, it's okay. They can handle this. Yeah, we can handle it. You got their credentials? He's in the system. I'm in the system. I'm in the system. This is him? Yeah, we don't. The characters were relatively fleshed out, even if they were tropish. There's this one really hilarious sequence where Michael Benga is talking about how uh, he got a certain piece of information and it's relayed through cousins and girlfriends and this whole long scheme that just felt so. It felt like a joke that would come like from inside Latino culture. It didn't feel like a criticism of it Latino It didn't feel culture. like it was making fun of it at yeah, all. It exactly. felt like it was celebrating it in a way, which was nice. It, yeah, again, it felt like it was a representation of our reality. It wasn't this Asgard, like, far away space, this other mm-hmm. realm. It, it did feel very grounded in our own reality. I feel like it also made an effort at subverting stereotypes oh yeah (laughs) in those same my cousin said montage sequences he is describing a time when he went to a museum art gallery and was tasting yeah another one was at a wine tasting i think that dissonance was supposed to be funny but it was it was just i appreciated it it was good and he did he was just so good in this movie, and I think I'm happy to see him doing well. Again, and it just seemed like a cast that was having so much fun. The only character that I think you could describe as possibly humorless in this movie, or the characters that you could describe as humorless, would be the Pims, which is mm-hmm. the doctor and his daughter. Uh, that's Michael Douglas and Evangeline Lilly. Their father-daughter relationship, which is one that, I mean, it's a relationship that you also see played out with Paul Rudd and his daughter... It was probably the most dramatic and soap opera part of the movie. But again, this is for kids. It felt the drama probably resonated. I mean, it was fine. I did really appreciate, speaking of minorities, I did appreciate seeing a female character that was pretty badass. I've heard people complain that she was pretty flat or one-dimensional, but maybe this is just me coming out of Jurassic World and having seen... I was just about to say that. I yep. felt she has a very similar haircut, very yep. similar hairstyle, <laughs> so we have to make the comparison to does, Bryce Dallas Howard's character does in Jurassic every, World. Does every high-powered woman have to have the same bob? I think no, it's no, a requirement. Uh, of course, this is a podcast, so you can't see it, but Carla does have a bob. I feel like I have to mention this, so that's why I'm deferring to her judgment. I, I don't have bangs, though, so... Maybe it's the power bangs, yeah. <laughs> uh, what made her work more for you in comparison to Jurassic World? They gave her somewhat of a backstory, and I liked that she was playing off of her dad, not just a romantic interest. Hmm. It plays the romantic card very late in the game i kind of liked that uh and it's not definitely not something that's at the forefront of the plot it's not a driving force it's fathers and daughters it's more family-based love i i liked that so i think just the fact that she was playing a daughter and not just some frigid uh manager that's going to swoon and fall into no and i felt like she had a purpose because she was the one who was essentially training Paul Rudd's character to mm-hmm. carry 
the the heist out. So she had a purpose. Yeah, definitely. I I can I don't think it was flawless. I definitely understand people's frustrations with it, but what I think ultimately matters is the fact that while I was watching this movie, I didn't find any issues with it. No. I thought it was a good role for her too. We were we are big fans of Lost and it was it was nice to see her in a strong female character role again. Yeah, I would agree. I think a, just a broader question that I, I, I'm forced to struggle with with a movie like this is, what do I trust? Do I trust my reaction in the theater or do I trust my rationalization of certain things or certain aspects of the movie once I get out of it and I'm hearing other people's criticisms and whatever? This movie was incredibly fun sitting in the theater. And we, as we might have mentioned, got to see it in the Disney Burbank lot, which was cool. So we just dove right into the movie, no trailers or anything. Yeah, that was a new experience. Yeah, it was It was new, it was fun. So whether it, it was... It was also free for us because he yep. was a, technically a Disney employee. So maybe that also influenced our... May have colored it, but... Our, our opinion of I, this movie. I thought it was just, yeah, we've said, I've probably said fun 20 times in this podcast, but it was great. And I think something else that I would kind of like to nod to is the creativity of the movie itself. I, I don't want to say that this, oh yeah, it was fun. I, I don't mean that in a trite way, and it was a plot-like movie. But in terms of the visual effects, I thought those were pretty great. It could be overwhelming, and given that a lot of it was CGI. But and this movie is in 3D, so it could have been... It, it could have been disastrous, really, yeah. but I um, I was just reading an article about the the efforts made to get the visuals correct. They made a bunch of like mini sets and then larger ones, and they uh, shot Paul Rudd's face in like, all different lighting just so that they could make sure that the CGI was photorealistic and perfect. And I thought that it was actually really great, and I think that the creativity that they exhibited especially there's this one fight sequence in a in a child's room later at, while they're mini that sense of creativity was something that i also really appreciated in the lego movie i think that it's just it's so fun to imagine a world especially i would imagine as a kid right where everything is from a perspective that's like oh someone even smaller yeah and i mean this marvel movie takes place in our world and it really felt like it did and the fact that it could shrink down to size and have the biggest dramatic fight sequence occurring in his daughter's bedroom yep on the back of a thomas the tank engine yep <laughs> i thought that was just really creative and fun to watch i thought it was a pretty funny comparison to a movie that did get a lot of criticism for destruction like mm -hmm. man of steel yeah everything was on a micro scale here i think one house gets Kind of ruined. Maybe, just yeah, damaged. Just it wasn't little. ruined. But yeah, I think I think that the fact that, I mean, we've said this many times, this is a movie that takes place in our world. I, it was just such a welcome break from the other Marvel movies. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm all in on those. But 
I've never liked the Avengers movies. I'm just gonna say that now. I go in and the the effects and everything, it just fatigues me. No, and even with Guardians of the Galaxy, I felt like I didn't really fully understand the plot until maybe the third time I watched it. And it's a kid's movie. And it's a kid's movie. With this movie... I didn't get the orbs and all that yeah. until, yeah, well into my third the Infinity viewing. Infinity Stones. Yeah, the, the different stones. I mean, the first time I watched it, I was just like, oh, okay, funny dance battle. Yeah. And I think this movie is one where you need to have, want to have that sort of humor. But uh, speaking of the Avengers, by now it's probably no secret that there is an appearance in this movie by an Avenger, the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about his kind of being shoehorned into this movie. Well, I think you said it right there. It felt a little forced to me. It felt a lot forced to I me. I felt like I was perfectly content in this universe, and then they kept, being that it's a Marvel movie, it felt like they contractually had to bring in some Avengers characters I mean, for me, it didn't do much. I'm sure there were some people in the audience that really appreciated having a falcon there. It just felt like it was striking such a different note. Like, the whole movie was taking place on the right side of the piano where everything's nice and tinkly and nice. And and then all of a sudden, yeah, the high notes. And then all of a sudden, someone hits like a dawn at the other side. And I was just like, no, I'm not on that chord right now. And I think that that was something that you also get... After the credits, there's a sequence where, like, Captain America shows up. And suddenly everything, it's like a little cloud comes and, oh, yeah, there's suddenly this gritty drama that Ant-Man is going to be pulled into. It's like, no, I didn't sign up for this. So, obviously, I was very frustrated by the Avengers insertion. And I think as soon as I walked out, I just kind of felt like, could have done without that. But I... But at the same time, I'm glad this Marvel movie, this type of Marvel movie exists. Yeah. I'm really, I'm a little disappointed that it didn't do that well. It kind of feels like the Tomorrowland case study where a new idea gets punished in the box office. But I'm glad. No, I don't, I don't think it'll be like that. I do think word of mouth will help this movie essentially i don't think it'll escalate to the degree it did with guardians of the galaxy but mm-hmm. I, I think mean, i think we're getting a lot of sixes like a lot of everyone i have talked to says this movie oh yeah it was good yeah i haven't heard any i would In the die high for ant-man <laughs> yeah so if you take anything away from this podcast it would be it was good yeah Don't go into it expecting a DC gritty drama or something like The Avengers where it's just like... Questioning morality. Yeah. It's none of that. It's a fun heist movie. If you liked National Treasure, which I unabashedly adore, go watch this movie. It was fun. If you like Paul Rudd, go watch it. If you like Michael Peña being funny, go watch it. Should we round out this podcast with a few shoutouts? Yeah. I I feel like mine aren't particularly funny, but first off, I've said it several times. Shout out to Michael Benya for being just such a... His comedic timing was perfect. I, I can't remember the last time I saw him in a role this, this funny. I can't remember the 
last time I saw him in a role? Why am I saying Ryder <laughs> died Michael Pena? What else has he been in? Well, he was in that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Which I haven't seen. End of Watch. Yeah, haven't seen it. He was in... What else? Okay, whatever. Moving on to my next stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he was good. Shout out to him. Uh, secondly... Yeah, shout out to the visual effects people because I think that it was actually, it was just so well done. It was probably not as creative as an inside out that had to imagine the whole machinations and machinery for something that we've never seen, which was like emotions and consciousness in that movie. Uh, But it was imagining just a landscape was on a like shrunken mm-hmm. scale and I, it, it appealed to my inner child i, I really liked bugs when i was little so yeah, this i was is gonna cool. say we haven't really talked about the actual insects that appear in this movie but i thought it was really interesting to see how well they played that out yeah and how it was never creepy i no. like that too at the end you are rooting for ants yeah so sh- <laughs> shout out to the shout out to to Antony. <laughs> Antony is Paul Rudd's main aunt. His main aunt. His main, <laughs> yeah, it, basically the little guy that he would fly around on all the time. He was... Yeah, he was, he's the one that he'd say, you to aunt. <laughs> <laughs> no one is going to get that. I think that that's For all a, our ants fans. Yeah, ants with a Z, right? <laughs> um... I have a couple of shout-outs. One was for Baskin-Robbins, and this one was just (laughs) because, I mean, I don't want to give away the joke that they have in this movie regarding Baskin-Robbins, but I do feel like it had a lot of product placement, and this was a movie that did a good job of Kind of in integrating it. Integrating uh, it without just, it being cheesy, but still having it be present enough where you notice it and they make it a joke. Yeah, Paul Rudd, I don't think this is giving too much away, but Paul Rudd, after getting out of jail, he also mentions that he has like an electrical engineering master's and mm-hmm. after getting out of jail, he's forced to work at a Baskin-Robbins, which as you point out, is a very lighthearted and humorous uh, product placement. But I guess if I can wedge another shout-out in here, shout-out to uh, socio-political or uh, socio-economic crit- critique in a, a kid's movie. I thought it was kind of interesting that they show that for ex-cons, there really isn't that much of a second chance. There aren't second yeah. chances, so Scott kind of is forced, even though it's, uh, it's Robin Hood-esque, he is forced into a a position where he has to return to crime. So I thought that was actually pretty, not high-minded, but it was just very real for a kid's movie. And I appreciated the fact that they put it in there and they didn't feel the need to shy away from it. Or over-explain it. or They just treated it like a reality of the world we live in today. Yeah, which is kind of sad that they never really brought it up as a point of contention like oh this look at this this is terrible but i like that it was included nonetheless yeah and then one final shout out i feel like i have to bring this up because this is the second or third movie i see ti in in all these movies and especially this one throughout the entire movie he wears this little beanie And I know anyone who's seen this will know. Purchased at the Baby Gap. (laughs) Yeah, it's a small beanie, 
and he always wears it in a way where it's just hugging the top of his head and the rest is really loose and like floppy. So I feel like if there was a real superhero in this movie, it was that beanie for never falling off his head. <laughs> so this is an Another I mean this is right just there. a testament to the uh, This is just <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It's his chest is just a Okay, I need to stop. But anyway, Ti's beanie gets a shout out. Shout out to Pia. No one will understand what we're saying when we laugh. Oh yeah, but anyway, let's couple, go under a couple it. hyenas showed up. All right, <laughs> let's go into ratings. Oh yeah, uh, I give this movie eight out of ten. Eight out of ten Anthony harnesses. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of a deep cut, but whatever. All right, I am gonna give it seven point eight out of ten. Wow, that's granular. T.I. Beanie. B.I. <laughs> okay. okay, I retract my Anthony thing. That was lame. Uh, 8 out of 10. B.I.s. <laughs> yeah, I feel like compared to the other movies we've seen, it's it's close to Inside Out level, maybe a little bit below. There's no way that I would say that it's as creative or as masterful or as quality as that movie, but based purely off of my... Affective, yeah, Mm -hmm. and just the enjoyment or the pleasure I got out of it, yeah, I'd say it's it's up there. There's there's plenty of stuff that we could we could talk about, but we want to keep this one short, so I think we're gonna gonna wrap things up. You can follow Screensaver on Facebook by searching Screensaver Podcast. It's Screensaver S A V O R, and you can follow us on Twitter at Screensaver Pod. That was not playing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.